It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, before we talk gardening, it's Doug and I today, and coming up, Miles Stevens, not to be confused with Miles Standish. Or Miles Davis. Yeah, right. He will be here uh, talking about Davy Trees. Um, real quick, I mentioned, I did not realize that Davy Tree did a lot of work for the great people at Duquesne Light. And I've often talked about people that are in the business of taking care of these trees in the middle of a storm, Duquesne Light, these incredible men and women, what they do. But, you know, I have to get some trees trimmed because of they're interfering with some electrical lines around the house. So the lights are flickering on and off. But to the rescue, it's Davy Tree. Yeah. Uh, you know, they work all over the area uh, as part of the team that takes care of the, the trees around the power lines and also uh, do all the work down at Falling Water. Uh, so we're going to talk with Miles today about when and why to... A hire a certified arborist you know I, I can't tell you how many times that i answer questions during the week uh you know when i see a picture of a giant maple tree you know with losing its leaf i said you have to have a certified arborist come out there and take a look at it uh because there there's a hundred different things could be a problem i have a, got a, a picture on my phone today uh, from a guy who's been dealing with his tree issues for a year now that I want to show Miles. Uh, it's a, a really special Coosa dogwood that I've talked about before called Scarlet Fire, and they're having trouble with it. So, yeah, we're going to talk to Miles a little little bit later. And uh, last week, <laughs> Rob, I had uh, what we call the slow burn. It started out here. You know, I had the, had the radio show with Jessica. Everything went well. Went <clears throat> drove right to Ohio. Uh, with my daughter, you know, two hours that way, two hours back. And as an older driver, you get more and more annoyed with the idiot drivers. And so... Yeah, like it's all their fault. <laughs> it I, is. I, it is. <laughs> I, I get it, Doug. Uh, and so I started there and I get back home and, and I look into the uh, woods and a giant black cherry tree had fallen between our house and the neighbors. It was oppressively hot, which just gets harder as you get older, that awful humidity and heat and then as i walk to the garden gate i just catch the glimpse of a little white cottontail zipping into the corner that wascally wabbit and that sends me over the edge i walk in there and all the basil plants that i had just planted uh genevieve's basil and a couple of my pepper plants were cut to the ground and I just went ballistic, <laughs> went crazy. And I come, I came back to the kitchen door. And my wife was taking the dogs out. She goes, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm just going nuts. And about an hour later, maybe a little later, she she puts it all in perspective. You know, you're not, you're not supporting an entire family with your vegetables. You know, it's relax. okay. It's re relax. I caught the rabbit two days later and took, released him. So I took him down to the park. <laughs> Yeah, much better, bigger, better living spaces. And it's only the little ones that can get in there, you know. They can really do a lot of damage. Oh, I, should, I tell you what, I had three basil plants, and just the worst thing is if it just nibbled on the top or something, okay, but cut it off at the at the soil level and then start eating it, oh, it just drive you nuts. So also, let me talk a little bit about my next trip. We'll do it quick. Uh, my next international trip is is going on this spring. Heading for Portugal, 13 days. That's the longest one I've ever done. It's going to be just so much fun. We do have so much fun on these trips. Two different trips out to the Azor Islands, uh, often referred to as the Hawaii of Europe, uh, the Terra Nostra 
Botanical Garden world's, has the world's greatest collection of camellias. We're going to see Lisbon, the Portuguese Riviera, uh, plantation visit, visits, cooking demonstrations, Madeira Island and Flower Show, and much, much more. It runs from April 24th through May 6th. Flight, hotels, 18 meals. It's all pretty much all-inclusive. And the best thing is you get a local guide that takes you all through the whole thing. If you're interested in going with me, I know it seems like a long way away, but the people are already that have traveled with me before are already booking. It's uh, You can find out all the information, all the itinerary and everything at DougOster.com or at Facebook. Or just give me a call, 412-965-3278. That's 412 412- Nine six five thirty two seventy eight, and one of the other garden jobs that we're doing right now to keep things blooming is deadheading. Uh, even if you have some perennials, uh, you know, like in the case of like a lily, a lily's only going to do its thing. Now, if you cut 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 off the spent blooms, it's not going to bloom again for you. But most annuals will. You know, we're taking a look at, uh, you know, petunias and marigolds and. Uh, anything like that that once it's done blooming it wants to bloom it wants to set seed and then it wants to go to sleep so we can uh snip those off there are some uh perennials like a a comb flower and some salvias that they get tired they start to look ratty you can remove those blooms Give them some water, give them some fertilizer, and hopefully they'll go again for you. All right, now that I gave you that chance to promote that wonderful trip that will fill up quickly, so please reach out to Doug and take a trip with him. I get to indulge a little bit. You know, I'm a huge fan of Andy Warhol, Warhol. I've had the family on before. I just absolutely admired the guy, who he was, as cool as they come. And I've often said it, another life, Velvet Underground, Studio 54, me, him, and Mick one night. I'd be happy forever. Although I don't know if they serve icy light there, but I would definitely <laughs> check it out. Bring a case oh, with they me. serve icy light. They're $12, but they serve it. <laughs> but I would have loved to have done that. And you being the all-knowing because of his recent birthday, happy birthday to Mick Jagger, you brought up a great connection. The Andy Warhol Museum, head down to Pittsburgh, check it out. But you brought up a very good point about the connection. It was more than just going to Studio 54 between Mr. Warhalla and Mick Jagger, but they actually did business together. Well, I've always wanted to see at the Warhol Museum the artwork that uh, Andy Warhol did for the Rolling Stones. So it's down there? Yeah. uh, The 71 is an iconic album cover called Sticky Fingers, and it was quite controversial in the day because it was it's a pair of jeans and there's a zipper on it. Right, and right. The zipper actually worked. Mild compared to. What and then you open there. it up and it's you know a guy's in his underwear. Right. So and then he did a real weird uh, album cover in 1977 uh, for a live album called Love You Live. Uh, but yeah, all that artwork's there. Uh, you know, when the Stones have come through, sometimes uh, Jagger has gone to the Warhol. There's some pictures of him no yeah, looking at some of the stuff. And, and every time people from the Warhol Museum are on Pittsburgh Today Live and we cross paths, I always throw these hints out like, oh, so didn't, um, didn't Andy Warhol work with the Rolling Stones? Like, you know, invite me. Let me see it. <laughs> uh, I'd really love to see the originals. And they've got all sorts of wild stuff there, you know, the concepts and everything for it. And yeah, that I think that 71 connection for that first album cover was, was, was the initial meeting. And then, you know, the rest is history with the Studio 54 stuff later in the 70s. 
The only thing I wish, and I mean, it would have been nice to be his friend when he was a star, but some of the stories of him growing up, because obviously he was a little frail, a little different, grew up in like a really rough and tough part of Pittsburgh, because we were all tough, especially those people that were here in the 40s and 50s, you know, first, second generation immigrants, you know, the coal mining community, the steel towns, and how they would kind of pick on him a little bit. Yeah, an artist like that's not going to fit in in 1950s. And I wish I could have been there to kind of, you know, help him out a little bit. That 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 still bothers me to this day. But make no mistake, am I right when I say a great artist, maybe bigger than most people realize, world-renowned, because it's been a few years since his death, but anybody aspiring to be an artist should look to him and say, wow, that's an incredible story. And the museum is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. That's part of it, though. You know, that's part of it. Is it of, really weird, though? Because it, I, I guess it depends on your, your view of art, you know, but... You got seven floors of of some wild stuff in there, in my opinion. I I agree with you. It's it's great stuff, but it, it's unconventional, and that's what makes Andy Warhol Andy Warhol. Well, I was having some tomato soup today, Campbell's soup. Love Campbell's soup. Breakfast of champions, right? But if you look at that can or a bottle of Heinz ketchup, we're going to be talking about Heinz ketchup recipes today at eight. That to me, an artist actually did design that, and and there's a lot of historic appeal to it. When you hold a can of Campbell's soup or ketchup, Heinz ketchup, that's that's a piece of art I'm, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. All right, thanks. <laughs> we'll be back with more of Critics Corner right after we take a break. And by the way, still looking for that tenth caller to win that great gift certificate from Sorgles four one two nine two two ten twenty. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, here we go. Congratulations to that winner, Debbie, in Pittsburgh. Congratulations to you, Deb. You know, I was out uh, talking to Ben Zuppi at Janoski's the other day doing some videos, Doug. Uh, nowhere near as good as yours, I might add. By the way, Tribune Review, check out what Doug does. He does some incredible stuff. But... Everybody Gardens. Yeah. That's where you can see Everybodygardens.com. But um, Ben, I asked him, I said, you know, this is a great time for people to get into our, our sponsors because seasons are getting ready to change. So you can really get some great savings on products you can actually plant still today. Oh, yeah, man. I'm out there every week. I'm going to the nursery and I'm looking for deals. And there is plenty of time to plant. Uh, I, I, I was speaking yesterday at Plumline Nursery. They had their customer appreciation day. It's crazy, half price, you know, it's, it's just absolutely crazy. You're not getting that anywhere. Any nursery you go to now, though, is going to have these lilies in one-gallon pots that have stopped blooming, and they're hard to sell when they stop blooming. And you can get them for a song. You put them in now. You're going to have to wait a year for them to bloom. But if you look at Everybody Gardens at my Facebook page, you can see your, how beautiful these lilies are. You're getting them for a song. I mean, almost giving them away. It's not just the bulb. The nice thing about it is it's a, it's an entire one-gallon pot where that's all become established roots. And they, they don't need anything from you. You just stick them in the ground. And they'll just come back year after year. And now in my vegetable garden, because I have to have them in the vegetable garden because the deer will be after them. I have these on the edge of these rows, just lilies after lilies, beautiful white ones and pink ones. And they just have this amazing fragrance uh, but that's just the tip of the iceberg, you know. You can still there, there's you can still put in annuals. Uh, if you need some spots filled in, you know, go to the nursery. It's it's they've got big hanging baskets and stuff. There, it's all on sale. What, what, if if you were buying something, and we got novice people out there every year, and we love you because this is your maiden voyage. You know, you're just starting off, and you've been following Doug and Jess for a long time. What would you definitely look for right now? Big giant hanging basket that's looking really super healthy. Okay. Uh, you know, 
at the beginning of the season that might have been 50 bucks right now that's going to be like 20 bucks 25 bucks and you have instant color all you got to do is feed it you know a good organic liquid fertilizer once a week uh you just hang it right up in the on the you know and the plant hanger in the front door or the back door, wherever it might be, and now you've got instant color. But the other things that that I'm looking at are things that you could save over the winter. So there's some things that have a little bulb underneath them or a tuber. A dahlia, caladium, cannas, and some tuberous begonias. You're buying them now. You're getting them on a discount. And if you're willing, you can easily just save that tuber or bulb at the end of the season just in a Rubbermaid container with some... Uh, peat moss or perlite so that's that's where the that's where the bank for the buck is I'm, I'm going to these places and i'll just i'll buy everything they have left because it's cheap and i need i need the color you know so I, you just get it and plant it yeah i'm, I'm planting year round i was at the nursery the other day found a new variety of salvia i'd never seen before these beautiful pink flowers basil to replace the basil that the rabbit ate uh and so uh you know, you can find all sorts of stuff there. And as I said, there's still time to plant. Do you ever stop planting? I mean, other than maybe. No, no, no. no I keep going. And, you know, we're, next month we start the real planting. We'll talk to Miles about that. But the September starts the bulbs, perennials. I mean, I'm doing them now, but bulbs, perennials, shrubs, trees. Um, it all starts next as things cool off. Speaking of trees, Patty Janoski, note, Stephen, you did a video, obviously, of the family, the son. He, um, the peaches, because of the rain they're in, they got abundance of peaches. You know, oh. you can go get tons of peaches oh, this weekend. Oh, those homegrown peaches. Incredible opportunities. I mean, barrels of them they've got. So the rain actually made a lot of this stuff get to, to ripening very quickly, and they have to get it out and get it going, you know? But there's nothing like those peaches. Oh, they're we great. Don't get, Mouthwater. We don't get local peaches every year because sometimes the... the frost can get the, the blossoms in the spring and so maybe peaches are rough to, 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 to yeah, yeah yeah and we always say peaches will break your heart but oh getting local peaches mm. <laughs> now that's a work of art you can slice them you can put them in a jar you can, you can, put, them on, you can put them on ice cream right or just eat them mm -hmm. good stuff all right uh 866-391-1020 miles is coming up in a couple of minutes we've got to get to break so what are you going to talk to him about today uh it's a uh, we're going to talk a lot about when and why that you to hire a certified arborist to, to do your work first off you have a, a tree issue and it's a it's a serious tree issue a, a certified arborist from davy will come for free and so you like have nothing free. yeah you have nothing to lose and we'll tell you you know what it's going to cost you to, to fix it if it can be fixed and so uh plus we're going to talk a lot about what the the summer has has done to our trees good or bad uh you know the the rain has helped uh growth if you had a a new tree you put in last fall or early this spring you didn't have to water and, and let me just say this too i was talking about duquesne light power lines trees don't do any of that yourself. Get call two can. Well, light. we're going to talk about that. Don't right. get you never get above no. the first level of the house. Don't do it. I mean, I know you're manly and you want to shock and you, you want to do this, you want to do that, but leave, leave it for the pros. I have seen in person so many people almost get seriously hurt. Uh, I wouldn't have the guts to do yeah. it. Yeah. Like like but this tree that fell down in my woods. Davy Tree is coming on Wednesday to look at it cuz I, I you know I guess I could do it, but I'm not going to do it. Why would you want to? No, I, I have no interest in, in going out there with a chainsaw and this giant black cherry. And you know, it's leaning on hemlocks and stuff. You have the, I'll have the pros come in and do it. And I'll have, a, again, it's not one 
one thing. I, I'm going to talk to the arborist. I'm going to say, listen, you can just leave the wood here. Just cut it off here. You know what I mean? You're not hire. I'm not going to hire him for the whole day. I'm going to hire him. Just know, enough to get the problem, the, the main problem done. Yeah, they, they, they'll they go along with Mr. Cheapskate. <laughs> I wonder what they do with all that wood that could be firewood. I mean, because they probably- We'll ask Miles. Have you ever thought about that? Because you're big with the food pantry, and I, I I love what you do with the food pantry, and I'm sure there's some people could use firewood out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just moving it. It's hard to move. <laughs> yeah, the older you get, too, yeah. it's, it's hard to move. All right. It's, it's, it's hard to do everything the older you get. It's hard just to move. Yes, it is. Eight, six, little WD-40 really works, though, right in the joints. Yeah, especially on the knees. Yeah. You know what? Why would you mention knees? My knee was actually bothering me a little bit last night. Maybe I need to... I saw you walk in the studio. <laughs> is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, it was all that groaning. That's... Eight six six three. You don't get entertainment like this anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Nor would you want to. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty. Dollar Bank Instant Access. KDKRadio.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, well, they got all those delicious peaches waiting for you, Janoski's. We'll take the 10th caller right now for a $25 gift certificate. 412-922-1020. And now it's time for Talking Trees, a service of the Davy Tree Expert Company. We are joined by Miles Stevens from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And we're going to talk a lot today about when and why to hire a certified arborist and i'll i'll tell you before we came on i'll tell you why (laughs) because i've been dealing with a a guy via email all about his scarlet fire kusa dogwoods he's lost he he planted them i think it was last fall uh he's he's lost one already and so i was showing miles the pictures and what does this guy really have to do to, to diagnose the problem Need somebody come out and take evaluate the whole plant. There, you know, sometimes pictures exactly right. are, you know, even if it looks to be something really obvious, there's a lot more, you know, than just a picture. And, you know, and you know, when I go out to a property, you know, if I, if I leave a tree like his example is losing leaves, I walk first thing I'm walking up the tree. I'm looking at the ground, look at the base of that plant, and see what's going on there because there'll be any number of things and over mulching and girdling roots to start with. But you, you, you gotta, we really have to look at the whole plant because what's the obvious isn't necessarily the issue. And when they call you, you actually would come for free to look at it. Is that is that yes. right? Yes, we do. Yes. Okay. Um, it, as a homeowner, you know, when do you know if you need a certified arborist to to actually do the work? You know, if you if something has, has fallen or or something is cracked, uh, is there any is there any standard way to know, or it's just like it, if you're even thinking about it, you better get a pro to come in. Right. Well, first of all, I think you want to find somebody that's, you know, has a certification like I, uh, International Society of Arboriculture that has a certification. Then I think you're going to want to have somebody come out and, you know, uh, do more than just, you know, you go get your car worked on and uh, <laughs> you know, the car's out of alignment and guys just say, well, you just need new tires, you know, <laughs> and, and that's all he's going to do. You want somebody that's going to come out and evaluate the entire plant, look at everything, take everything into account. And uh, you know, rather than, oh, you just need to prune. Once again, there could be more issues going on than just cut and prune a couple of dead branches out. So you want somebody to come out who's going to do a total evaluation. You know, the goal should be somebody's wanting to work with you to uh, uh, do an overall improvement, you know, uh, get the best, you know, plant vigor out of your plants for you. And rather than just, you know, uh, one item here, white item mm-hmm. there, you want a total evaluation, total, you know, consultation. Well, from a tree's perspective, from your perspective, what has the season been like for you? I'd say it's been 
pretty good you know this spring earlier on you know we had i would consider more normal rainfall it wasn't like last year where we had uh just seemed like it never was going to stop raining all through the year now the last six weeks or so now it's been awfully mm-hmm. rainy and that type of thing so i think it's been a kinder year i think you just you know you just sort of drive around for the most part looking around making just eye, eyeball observations things look nice and lush and green so it's been a been a kinder year not that there aren't some issues out there but it's you know been a decent growing year for plants and at the end of my road there's uh, three blue spruces and one of them <laughs> <laughs> dropped all its needles uh, in a rainy season. We're seeing a lot of that, right? Yes, with blue spruce, uh, rhizophyra needle cast is really a big issue. It's been that way for probably about the last three years. So you're seeing a lot of blue spruce. Uh, they'll just start from the bottom and defoliate on up. Uh, uh, so that's, if you have blue spruces, you're probably, if you haven't seen it yet, you're going to see it soon. Uh, and it's, you know, just with any type of cultural practice, there's not much you can do. I mean, if you have a tree that's badly infected, you're going to want to remove it. You want to remove the fallen needles. Even if you have a slight needle drop in other trees, certainly get in there and remove as many of those needles that have fallen as you can. Uh, they're just to try to, you know, limit the amount of pathogen that's on site. But it's it's really a big issue for blue spruce, and it had been for about three years, I'd say. And on my property, I am not seeing this year the hemlock woolly adalgia like I'd seen it before. Are you seeing that across the board or not we've seen less uh i'd say the last um i think about the last three four years we were really seeing a lot and then we had the, the two winters especially that one winter was really really cold and i think it really zapped them you know for the most part hemlock woolly adelgid is is not adapted to when we get real cold temperatures you know 10 below 20 below so i think that really knocked the populations back um i've seen a little more this year than last year but it's not risen to the uh, the level that we're seeing five or six years ago. And I think a really couple hard winters in a row, you know, really did a lot to knock them back. Well, for the first time in the history of horticulture, somebody from Davy Tree had a question for me. Do you remember? <laughs> Pawpaws. Oh, yeah. I don't know who that guy could be. Yeah. Decided I, I want to try to grow, figure out why some pawpaws aren't producing, how best to make them produce some fruit so yeah I when did guy... when did you become become aware of pawpaws it's a it's a native tree i mean have you always known about it oh i remember uh, i was going to school and uh, we were at the wvu arboretum and we took you know uh, grad students took us down to tree id took us down close to on the monongahela river there and so these are pawpaws and it was fall and there was fruit so we got to sample some pawpaws so i've had sort of had an interest and then Three or four years ago, I do a volunteer trail mate inside of Raccoon Park, and suddenly I came across this grove of pawpaw. I thought, cool, okay, so what about the fruit? And then since then, I bought a couple of trees. I'm trying to get them to uh, produce fruit. Just think it's fun. You know, I like history, and one of the history things that was interesting is chilled pawpaw was George Washington's favorite dessert. And it's mine, too. Yeah. You know, it's it's a tropical fruit uh, that can grow here. Uh, and uh, I guess it depends who you ask. Mango, banana, you know, but I'm not sure if that's really accurate. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to ex- explain it. But oh, you put those in the fridge, and they they are hard to get them to pollinate. They're pollinated by flies. They have these little purple kind of nondescript flowers, and there's actually a whole stand of them out at the um, Pittsburgh Botanic Garden in the woods. And the same thing, no mm-hmm. no pollination. Now, I don't know if this is true, but. I have heard stories where uh, indigenous Americans would uh, hang dead squirrels in the trees to try to track the flies. So I don't know. The old hang the squirrel in the tree. Routine. Maybe you could just stand in the forest for us. <laughs> no, you're nuts. <laughs> hey, do me a favor. Ask him about my question about the wood. 
Oh, he wonders uh, uh, about the firewood. Could it be sent to somebody who needs it or something? How does it work? Where's when all you the wood from the trees? All that beautiful when you guys do all this great work, especially during storms when you just got to cut it up and get it out of there. Where's it go? Uh, what we do with a lot of it's our usable hardwood. We actually take it, take it back to our facility. Nice. And we dump it there and then uh, allow people to come in and cut it up and haul away as much as they like. And they just have to sign a waiver. And so we know they're out there cutting. And uh, mm. yeah, we get this time. As soon as we get a, a frost, a little cool weather, there's like armies of people come out. That's and great. There are people rented trucks. and We call them wood them. rats. <laughs> yeah, we call them wood hounds or whatever. <laughs> and they'll come out and haul it away. I mean, we get... Uh, on the other hand, we get some, um, uh, you get uh, pines and spruce, uh-huh. and most people don't take that unless they have a camp where they can burn stuff outside. You don't want to burn that in your no, wood no. stove or the creosote. But it's, but we still get people to take some of that, but we take it back, and people cut up firewood and haul it away. And it gets do, you get, do you make wood chips there, too, or somebody else makes those? <clears throat> well, we, yeah, we don't grind those up, and we have our, you know, we, we haul our debris other than some specialty stuff back to our own facility. So we have the chips there, and we actually have a company comes in three or four times a year and holds it away. All right, Miles, stick around. We might have some tree questions coming up. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to www.davy.com slash KDK. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, listen, I, I just found out something really uh, great, and I, I knew there was a possibility, but I wasn't sure, and, and Miles kind of answered my question. Why don't you tell the audience what we were talking about, Doug, and how this is a free service. Now, it's included in your bill, but it's it, it's definitely a great service from Duquesne Light and Davy Tree. Well, Rob, Rob got on a notice uh, saying, hey, we're going to be by to trim your trees, and he's worried he has to come out of pocket you know well listen I've been when you pull a dollar bill out of there that, that george washington squints listen I, i'm a different man now that i'm older believe me you <laughs> knew me back in the day those days are gone i'm really tight with a buck and for about a month the lights have been going little i mean i thought i was like at a disco in the 1970s for a while where i was having health issues i mean it just didn't stop and then all of a sudden i come home one night from work late on a monday or tuesday around midnight and there's this notice on my door and I'm thinking, okay, well, okay, fine. But I'm right away, I'm thinking, okay, I understand why I have this issue now, but am I going to have to pay for this? But that's not the case. Right. Uh, Miles was telling us that uh, Duquesne Lake contracts with Davey, right? And right. They contract with Davey and other companies, and they're, they're, they're regulated to make, you know, maintain, clear their lines, make sure there's a you know, safe electrical service to your home. So that's part of their, their maintenance program. It's a great center. And they program. actually, they, they do their best on the trees, but we were talking off the air. You plant a 80-foot tree under 30-foot lines. You know what I mean? It's an instant conflict. You yeah. know, or so maybe not instant, but at some point in time, it's going to be a conflict. And that makes, you know, their job difficult to do to you know to do a nice job and to keep everybody happy so it's, it's a, that can be a toughie thing. well we consumers to you at davy tree and duquesne light we appreciate it all right let's go to uh, joe in penn hills for doug and miles hey joe how you doing buddy hi good morning morning hey, I, have a, I have a low spot in my yard and after this rain and a lot of puddling it's in a area of uh, traffic so there's no grass there anymore and yesterday i noticed where the mud had dried there's literally maybe a hundred small holes drilled in there how small uh, about three sixteenths of an inch you didn't have cicadas did you 
No, that we didn't hear any cicadas all mm. summer. That would be my guess. Would be those were the holes that you didn't see before from emerging. But other than that, boy, that's a that's a mystery. That's one that I don't really know what that would be. You know, if it was if they were bigger, quarter size, we would say voles. If it was uh, tunnels, we'd say moles. But a hundred little holes. No, these are all very small holes. You stumped me. Hmm. We'll see what we can figure uh, out and. Uh, We'll talk about it a little bit next week. All right, Terry, here's that question from earlier that uh, somebody called Ashley about and wanted you to answer. How do you remove mold from clay pots? Well, it's it's the kind of this, this white stuff on the outside of the pots that, that happens uh, when things leach out from the pot. First off, for me, that's what we call patina. I love it. <laughs> but if you want to get rid of it, uh, I've heard people uh, just making up a bleach solution and scrubbing it off with uh, uh, not a wire brush, but a... a, a uh, what am I thinking, Miles? Uh, Sorry, a coarse brush. Yeah, yeah, a coarse, a coarse, brush. coarse brush, and that'll do the trick for you. But as I said, I, I like that look on on pots. It makes them look like they've been around for a while. In fact, when I was in Italy, oh, probably five six years ago, uh, they had in a, in a formal garden they had the, uh, a whole wall filled with old pots, and many of them had that white kind of crusty stuff on it, and that was part of the decoration. Anybody else on the phone there, Rob? Yes, we have Brad in Clarion. And by the way, congratulations to Jay of Crescent, winner of that gift certificate from Janoski's. Brad, go ahead. Good, Good old Brad. How are you? <laughs> I'm going great. Uh, I had a question for the tree expert there. Uh, back Way back in the day when I had done trees, I was in tree business, we always covered our cuts with uh, undercoat from <clears throat> like they'd put on cars. We had a little pot in our side and a little brush, and we cut a memo if we always cover that up we called them white eyes and i don't see them doing that anymore i wonder why what they found with you know the idea of that originally it's still out there called tree coat and uh, i know you're talking about a little pot hanging on your side a little brush you paint it and whatever right. was that cut. was that part of it when you were doing it miles or had very it, early uh, yeah. started very early on they're still doing some of that but the idea was we were going to seal off, you know, you prevent disease or uh, decay or those type of things from entering right. the tree. And what they found was that it wasn't really effective at all. Uh, mm. So that's why it was discontinued. You know, occasionally yeah. what you might see is if there's a larger branch pruned on a tree, sometimes it might still get painted just to make it aesthetic, look a little bit better aesthetically. But the original goal was thinking it was going to prevent disease, insect, or some other issues entering the tree. And they found that this wasn't the case. Mm. By the way, when I was doing that, uh, I had a CB radio back in the day. Uh, everybody had those, and they called me Tree Skinner on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> breaker 1-9, Breaker 1-9 for the Tree Skinner. All right, listen, we have got about a minute or so left, uh, so why don't you kind of spend a little time with Miles, and we'll say goodbye for another week of the Organic Have Gardens. you seen any other disease issues out there because of the rain? No, uh, you know, like I said, the needle cast on the uh, on the uh, spruce, a little bit more dogwood uh, anthracnose here of late, but... Uh, uh, nothing more out of the ordinary, a little bit of you know Dutch elm disease, but that's not it, weather-related. Okay, I got breaking news from our friend Steve Rapaski, who uh, runs Meadowsweet Apiaries and Bee Control. He thinks the holes are probably just worms, so nothing to worry about. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for, for texting us on the Doug Oster Institute of Gardening line. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a mouthful. Thank you very much. All right, you're welcome. So, uh, other than that, uh, the only thing I've seen is is some of this, this new planting not plant planted with good drainage, and that's that's one of the things you want to avoid. You want to have drainage, especially in a season like this. 
Yeah, sometimes people, they think they're going to do their plant a favor and they plant it deeper and add more soil. What they do is sort of suffocate it and then yeah. they compound the problem. So I'd well, Miles, thanks very much for coming in. Always great to see you. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. Miles, thanks a lot. Come back real soon, okay? okay thank you, Rob. Good thanks, work, Davy Tree. Duquesne Light. Absolutely love it.